All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Evolved Idiots Podcast. My name is Mike Mendoza. I am joined today by my partner in crime, Matthew Nathaniel. What's and we up? have we have a very very special guest today. My good friend, my brother, Philip Tondro. Hello, Philip. How are you doing? Peace, peace, man. I was waiting. I, 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 I was like, he better say brother, man. You know, we go way back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold up. You know I it, man. Your mom. I ate at your mom's house too many times. Don't play see, me. see? <laughs> but it's a great thing. My, my, my brother, Philip, joining us on the podcast today. I literally have known him since, since what, seventh grade? Seventh grade, yep. exactly, bro. Seventh grade. Him and his twin brother Alvin, and we've been, uh, shit, we've been kicking it ever since, man. A bunch of hood rats. <laughs> bunch of, <laughs> bunch of doing hood rat things with my friends, you know. <laughs> man, those those homemade meals when you're when you're a kid from Mama's house are are amazing. Oh yeah, mm, man. He used to eat. You know, Philip used to come over. Him and his brother eat food. I used to go over to their house. We used to play video games. Do all of that so it's like for us to still be family for this long you know what i mean yeah. it's uh it's something you really don't find nowadays you know it's really not man all my all my homies that used to come over in junior high and high school man we've all went our kind of went our separate ways kind of like we were talking last time yeah. man they've all got married and have families and yeah it's just different you know well, this guy's a dad now uh, he's done it too yeah, he's living man. that dad got life little uh got the little daughter at home you know things have changed but you know it's beautiful some things don't man like the homies man we got a thread you know on yeah. facebook we've been talking on for Man, I, I was it was it ten years, eight years or something. Oh, the like thread, we, yeah, the thread forever, is twenty four seven, nonstop. Like you know, people are like, oh man, how often do you talk to your friends? I'm like, bro, I talk to my homies every day, and we scattered all over the place, man. Like, yeah, it's just it's a beautiful we're, thing, like Mike said, for real. Yeah, we're we're like we're like the Infinity Stones, you know, we're <laughs> oh, spread yeah. out there, but once you come together, we're ready to to cause some damage. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, yeah. Don't 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 step to us though. We snap on you. You know what I mean? Don't don't, <laughs> don't play. You know? Don't play. So I mean, I think a big part of I mean myself, you Philip, and you Matt, like a big part of our lives has been music, hip hop culture, and that has been like like it was the catalyst for me. Like I said, going to going to uh, the school we chose to go to down in Orlando. But even before that, me and Philip over here used to write rhymes, go to all these uh, hip hop shows, like just just back and forth, man. Oh man, yeah, uh, Mike, to be honest, like I've always been a hip hop fan, but more on the mainstream tip. But Mike, you know, introduced me and my brother to the underground and uh, Tower mm. Records. He used to take us over there <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, literally dig through cds and all that and you know we'd be on the mainstream and he'd be taking us to underground artists i've never heard of before i was a little reluctant apprehensive to listen to but man you know what i'm saying <laughs> it, it all changed when he put me on that uh that atmosphere that yeah uh, yeah that's that yeah. uh that one joint um which one lucy ford no 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 the um the one joint where he just be ranting you know what I mean? Oh, uh, scapegoat, scapegoat, bro. Yeah, <laughs> the, I, I, I've never heard such like 
raw lyrics like that that really relate to life and mainstream obviously rap did spoke to it but not on a level like he did and then i you know i pretty much got turned out from there and then i just went down the rabbit hole you know it's, yeah. who was he fe- who was who was you know he featured on uh, who featured on his album you know yeah like idea then i wanted to know <laughs> about producers and then you know he put me on to hieroglyphics and then i started listening to planet asia and then it just kind of yeah. went over and all the way down there man cali agents i mean it, it was like it was cool it was like a whole new world i i really got to give mike props man he really put me on to like a whole another world of underground hip hop that i stayed in for you know, at least a decade. I mean, that's all I listened to. I didn't even listen yeah. to regular mainstream. And I still have anymore. like a deep appreciation for it nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to find that quality of music. I think it's it's because the way we consume it nowadays. Like, it's so mm-hmm. oh, it just streams to my phone, and it's it's not like it was. You know, people do songs. They don't. They do singles. You know, you release a single every three months and stay on the hit list. That's all that really matters today. Nobody really releases albums where. You can go out and like listen to the whole thing all the way through and it tells like a, a story almost or something that ties it all together or a theme like that's that's what's really missing to me. And you do really like we're talking about digging through it into the underground, you know, 10, 20 years ago, like you got to really dig today because there's so much more out there to find that good stuff that's not mainstream is even more difficult. Right. You don't really have like crates of records and cds to go <laughs> dig through anymore and, yeah. and and take a chance on something because it's got a cool album cover you know right yeah, yeah now it's like you kind of have to land on a playlist like yeah. after you're mm. done listening to the new run the run the jewel jewels album then the next track could be from someone you never heard of you're like oh what is this song i like it let me add it to the playlist yeah but mm-hmm. i think it, it doesn't it it doesn't feed that like hunter instinct that we had back in the day of like yo i gotta find this album because i need it i need to play it in the car i need to do this it's a different relationship with music it's remove the joy of discovery yeah you know? yeah i mean i mean you know access to music is so vast now but you know you have so much access to trash too so it's yeah. really <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot of noise out here it's not a lot of music so you really got I really take the time to listen to people I've never heard of before, though. Like uh, when people tell me about a mainstream rapper, oh, you never heard. of, I, I just assume it's garbage. Unfortunately, that's just what I've been trained. I've just heard so much of it is trash. But if there's some artists I've just never heard of before, I'll dive right into it and be like, who is this cat? You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got good MCs out here right now. I mean, like I, I, I am a firm believer that hip hop is not dead. I, I hate when people say that because it's not true uh, unless any of y'all believe it. I don't think it's dead. I mean, a mainstream, you know, what you hear on the radio, whatever pumped into your face, you know, that's definitely, you know, something that I might not have uh, a really good taste to. But at the yeah. same time, hip hop kind of hip hop evolves like there's a lot of old heads that want it to go back to the way it used to be. But it evolved. You know what I mean? Like 80s hip hop was very different from 90s. 80s heads looked at 90s heads like Wu-Tang and, you know, all them. Like they were like crazy rock stars. They're like, who are these? You know, who are these niggas? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they're coming out here. You know, Method Man got like little little things in his eye. Half his hair is combed out. They're like, who are these cats? You know, but they were a world phenomenon. Like it's just 
It to this day, man. to this day, Wu Tang still holds, you know. But that's true, though. You know, if it's if it's real, it's authentic, and it's special. It's not going anywhere. You know I, mean, I mean, damn! Like, you think about this: Wu Tang has a whole Hulu series on them about yeah. how they became Wu Tang. Good, good little series too. You I know like what it. I mean? Like that to me is crazy. Yeah. Uh, where where hip hop, I think, has changed the most are this those pillars of hip hop. Like, like no one has. There's a, a shit ton of DJs right now that aren't the real DJs. Does that make sense? Like, well, what what are you talking about? Hip hop DJs? Yeah, like nah, real. Nah, darn, I don't, I don't know. I don't have. I don't. I can't name one hip hop DJ today that's like on any kind of level. I think it's because people don't give a fuck. Like anymore. DJs, if you're talking about DJs, like DJs have been taken over. Electronic music is taking over the DJ scene. Like the right. the lost art of scratching and being a hip hop yeah. DJ. It's just like it's vanished, Which and sucks. I think it does go back to what you're saying, man. It's like hip hop has evolved; it's not died, but like it has gone through that change from the '80s to the '90s. And I, I kind of consider the '90s. I mean, I grew up in the '90s. It's the golden age of hip hop to me. Absolutely. But you know, it has evolved, and there's a lot of hip hop that I like today. Even some right. of it is is mainstream, but you got to dig for it. And there's some of it that I I really do like, but Right. You know, it, it has evolved and it has changed. It's not just uh, the 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 MC on a on a beat, you know, anymore laying down hot, you know, the, the like the fire lyrics like you're talking about. It's it's like everybody's kind of playing to a little bit of a thing because hip hop, unfortunately, has went mainstream and that well, has made it a little now. more pop. You yeah. know, more pop. Absolutely. I, my, I my biggest thing about a hip hop is. I miss the passion of hip hop. Like when I grew up listening to hip hop, you know, even going back to like Public Enemy and like NWA and stuff like speaking about social awareness and like culture and like and, and the responsibility to kind of speak up about it and say something as where I feel like so many from the 90s like got their success and now they're just like kind of coasting on that success they don't really have anything new to say they're not going through the struggle anymore and the new kids coming up in the game they they're not it's like they're detached from that struggle they don't respect they don't, it. They don't know the history of where it all came from yeah. you know what i mean a lot of people don't understand like you know i was talking to a couple just like kids in their 20s they don't understand what hip-hop is you know what i mean like for me hip-hop it's like you guys it's like you think about hip-hop was a lifestyle right so it's like you can you can dress it, you can live it, you can rhyme, you could spray paint, you know, your graffiti, you can MC, you could live yeah. hip hop. Hip hop is the only quote unquote music genre that you can like was livable. You know what I'm saying? But now that's transformed and evolved into now the EDM. Now you can live all that crazy EDM's shit. EDM is pretty livable. You go into all those <laughs> festivals, but for me, my appreciation of hip hop was, you know, like like those underground artists that always attracted me what was the honesty and the bluntness that came from yeah. that sort of hip hop. Um, is it there? I'm sure it's there, but like Philip said, it's, it's, there's a lot of white noise out there too. So it's hard for you to really take the time to log on to your Spotify and sift through all the hot trash out there and, oh, and yeah. to land on the artist. But one thing that I think people forget about hip hop is it's, Hip hop is black culture and hip hop is one of the most accepting cultures out there, period. I mean, if you look at who's on this podcast right now, 
you got a black guy, a white guy, and a Filipino guy all talking about one thing, hip hop. It's just music, man. It's me. It's yeah. it's music, but the fact that we lived it through that lens, kids. I'm not sure nowadays understand that they look at it as pop culture. I mean, I'm I'm probably the least of the three of us to have have should be a huge hip hop head, but like it's <laughs> what I identified with growing up. Yeah, like I really like. I mean, I know I didn't grow up in an urban area necessarily, but uh -huh. like. I didn't come from much and like I just so identified with the struggle that they talked about yeah. in the music and other genres of music just didn't have that kind of angst and that that desire to overcome the struggle like yeah. they just other genres just didn't have that just yeah. it wasn't relatable it's not relatable at all but hip-hop is because everyone has struggled through their life and you can identify as that yeah you know what I mean like uh talking about race and all this stuff it, it's it's a it's interesting for me to see, um, you know, different people in the African-American uh, community, you know, talk about race. Because for me growing up, I'll put it this way, is like, there were no Philippines. Manny Pacquiao wasn't big at the time. So all my minority heroes growing up were black. Mm. You, does that make sense? It's like, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think that's not be talked about enough for uh, a lot of, uh, Latino uh, uh, Americans, a lot of Asian Americans growing up is their idols growing up were black. Uh, growing yeah. up, I had Bob Marley poster, yeah. Tupac poster. You know what I mean? Because it broke it broke down the walls. I didn't see them as like, oh, these are black guys doing this shit. It was like, man, just, these are who are these people. artists speaking the truth? You know what right. I mean? And then like the appreciation for that like led for me to like find all those underground acts, but. It was a beautiful period in time where I could listen to in the same day. I could grab the new Talib Kweli album and then the new Three mm. Six album. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I miss those days. I'm I'm just saying like Dave Chappelle made a comeback. When are Talib and Most Def gonna re reunite? Man, I want <laughs> I want another Black Star album. Hell yeah! I've I mean, been hollering for that know, for that, a decade. There's whispers of that next black star album coming it's kind of turning into the detox we don't know if it's ever going to happen <laughs> you know uh you know we've been waiting forever for the j electronica album I, i'm even shocked it actually came out i'm not um, counting that one uh, yeah i mean I, I wasn't really <laughs> impressed i wasn't impressed with it you know but uh it, it's funny with you know 90s hip-hop you know we say the golden era golden age or whatnot but i don't i really like maybe it's just because we grew up there i really liked all music i listened to a lot of alternative music back then man like uh r&b was big even r&b had like break hip-hop beats in it with swv and xscape and, you know what i mean like mary j blige like like hip-hop was like so fusioned into so many different sounds with like slow jams and R&B and hip hop. Like you just couldn't get away from it. You know what I mean? And there was so many artists involved in so many fusions. Like I, I don't see that now. I, it's, it's all the same cadence rappers. It's all the same. Yeah. A lot of that. And you know, I just, I don't know. It's just like, it's beautiful that people can set up their own studios in their own place. Just like um, Matt was talking about in the last uh, podcast, both of you guys, 
um, about how technology has advanced. So now everybody has access to a studio now. No, you don't got to save up a bunch of bread to go to a lab. You can build a lab right here. That's a good and a bad thing because now yeah. anybody can get in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And um, hip hop is free. You know, it's free. It's an open culture. It's expression. I rapped. I wasn't the best rapper, but it gave me a voice. It gave me a structure to... Um, align my thoughts and my passions in a rhyme form i and i don't know it really changed my life it shaped my whole life uh emceeing and then learning how to you know build a digital audio workstation and then make my first mixtape it, it set me up so many ways to where i built confidence in myself i found my voice and then you know that turned into me you know creating you know hip-hop success.tv with my co-founders and you know trying to change the narrative of hip hop because the narrative has changed you know drastically yeah. since you know it was very it was a a reflection of uh socioeconomic uh perspectives of people but now it's so commercialized and just like you guys were talking about nobody's talking about social issues like that like when someone drops a social issue track it's like oh my god like you know you know even like joiner lucas when he dropped that one song um uh, i'm not racist i'm not racist which was it was a good song it was a good song but like you know back in the day that would have just been another song how many of those songs would have been out you know what i mean i mean, I mean it, it's like people forgot about tupac and you know the first goody mob album and things like that like tupac would drop a, a a socially altering track almost every album that would shift mm. the culture you know like and that just isn't ha had anymore you're right yeah there's no leaders there's no leaders in hip-hop anymore it's like you know, you got a lot of people that make money, but, you know, they're not really leaders, you know. Yeah. Uh, I really I really like uh, J. Cole. I mean, I didn't follow him in the beginning. He's def I've definitely got on board with him. I like what he's done with his team, with Dreamville. I like what he does for his community. I like that he's out protesting. You know, I like that he's out, you know, representing for Kaepernick when all that was going down. Like, people really taking stances. Like, that's what it was, you know. So it's good to have people in the culture still now that kind of still follow that sort of template, you know, y'all feel what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 How does it yeah. feel now that, you know, the NFL has changed their stance with cap? Like, how does that feel after watching all this shit like unfold over the past years? How does that feel, you know, like for, for you seeing that play out in media? I mean, I think it's, I'm not going to say it's too little too late, but it's just like, you know, you know, I told you, you know what I mean? Fuck, like he, I was trying to tell his career. you, you know, uh, Cap wasn't saying anything except the truth. And then when he was on the field taking the knee, he was quiet doing that, too, in a respectful way. And people were still losing their shit. And now he's on the right side of history. Everybody that was speaking up for him is on the right side of the argument. And now there's just a lot of people that look really stupid right now, including the NFL. The commissioner's giving half-ass apologies. Coaches coming out the woodworks now. Like, you know, the the clear reason for why he was doing it was the same. It's never changed. And now other people are changing their own way of looking at it, saying they were wrong and everything. So, I mean, I'm not going to fault somebody for apologizing, say, hey, 
you know, I'm sorry I, I didn't understand before, but at the same time, it's just like, I mean, something as serious as that, you know, I just don't see why it took so long. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that they've really came out and said, like, I didn't understand, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It was really, like you said, it was more of a half-hearted apology and, like... <laughs> Half-ass, bro. You know, Half-ass. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, they honestly need to address Kaepernick directly because they, 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 they fucked him out of his career, essentially. And luckily he, he was smart enough and savvy enough to do some endorsement deals and still, you know, make some money. But um, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy, like, just watching. And now, you know, you, you said that, you know, that – there were people that didn't understand and they kind of took what he was doing and they they contorted its meaning to be like, oh, you're disrespecting the troops and this and that. Also find it kind of funny that the same people that made that argument then have probably lost their right to, to even wave, wave the Confederate flag at NASCAR events, so <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, right. I mean, the fact that NASCAR did that, uh, you know, banning the Confederate flag, it's fucking huge. You know, because yeah. it's like traditionally growing up, it's it's like you know NASCAR NASCAR was for the good old boys, not for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see what the NFL does though with all this because it is the one sport in America, football and the NFL in particular, that I I at least to my perception kind of crosses all races, all lines. Like white people watch it. Asian people watch it, black people watch everybody watches the NFL and the NFL's the one sport that it, in the one league that I think if they were to lead the way in a progressive manner could really shift the culture overall more so than any other sport. I mean the NF, uh, the NBA is kind of ahead of it in that respect, but I think the NFL's the one that could really shift the 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 Sunday Rednecks, you know, to to be more <laughs> open-minded about things. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think another reason the NFL really switched their tone was, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Black Lives Matter campaign with all the other football players. Patrick Mahomes uh, got in there. He actually said Black Lives Matter, too, in the commercial. So, um, And apparently he didn't even tell the NFL he was doing that. So, And he's the young guy. He's going to be the face of the NFL, Super Bowl champ now. None of that Tom Brady, good old boy, you know, this is the face of the NFL. It's Patrick Mahomes now. He's young. He's in the mix. He's with the movement. He's saying Black Lives Matter. This matters. I don't care what anybody says. And the NFL is like, oh, shit, we got to get in line with this. This is our face right now. He's doing this. No, we got to get in line. And that's why you see him tap dancing right now. They don't know what the hell to do, man. Well, they can't do anything to a Super Bowl winner, you know, that's that's taking this stance. They kind of have to acquiesce to him, you know, he like you said he is the future. It was very it was much easier to kind of keep put Kaepernick under the rug because as much as he was a starter, he wasn't like a Super Bowl winner. He wasn't, you know, exactly like a, a, of that top, you know, two or three four or five quarterbacks in the league like Mahomes is like it's going to be hard right. for them to like try and silence him or sideline him or kick him they're not going to kick him off the team it's too much money yeah they're, and now they you see lose. now you see a lot of teams coming out black lives matter yeah you know what uh -huh. I mean Raider Nation in the house <laughs> we said that too you know what I mean and that's a, that's the thing is like now that things are being 
finally fucking acknowledged that, you know, like, yeah, man, there's there like police brutality is fucking real. This shit is fucking real. And people have been discriminated against. Like now that you're fucking finally admitting this shit, now we can progress from here. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's of course there's those people that didn't want to admit that there were fucking bad cops out there, which I don't like, how's that foot? Like, any walk of life, any race, any, you're going to find assholes, right? And given that amount of power that police have, people go on fucking power trips. You know, like, we've, been, we've all been through the South. I've been through the <laughs> South. And I'm like, yo, this cop, like, Philip, Phillips picked me up from uh, out, of the, out of jail before uh, <laughs> because these, these Southern guys uh, didn't like me too much. And, you oh. know, like, uh, but it's like, if, if we've all been there, and I could only imagine without be like being an African-American in that position, you know, like for me, it was scary. You know what I mean? I'm a minority down there, but I don't know what it's like for a, a black guy to get pulled over down there and be like, fuck, is, is this going to be it? You know what I mean? It's um, I mean, it's a lot to unpack, uh, you know, especially life's a little different now that I'm a father, man. Like uh, I'm, I'm I'm very fearful. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, I, you know, I don't want my daughter growing up in a world where, you know, police are still essentially preying on black bodies. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's terrifying, you know, uh, and I've had my run-ins with the law. I don't have a, I have a clean record, but I, I've been harassed by the police just like every other black person and minority. I mean, it really don't matter, but they, they got an issue with black people for some reason. I don't know what it is, but seeing everybody come together for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, like these killings have been happening for decades, you know, and, and even further when it goes, if you want to trace the history of police, you know, with the slave patrol and, you know, going down to, you know, the civil war and then, you know, Jim Crow. I mean, you know, just we've been going through it forever, man. So we've, we're tired man now it's different because everybody's coming together but to be honest like and i'm not the black spokesperson of black people you know what i mean i'm just saying i feel like we kind of share the same energy and we just really tired right now you know what i mean like we've been screaming this forever uh and 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 nobody's believed us you know cap took a knee just trying to make i mean you saw they tried to twist the narrative like they will do anything to delegitimize the truth that we're trying to speak like look these police is really doing this these systems is really doing this and it takes a man to get you know strangled and essentially lynched in the street murdered murdered. you know what i mean and if if you gotta get it on video you gotta get all the angles just for them to realize it you know what i mean like god forbid there was only one angle of it Maybe two, maybe two thirds of people probably wouldn't even believe it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's the the extremes that we have to go to prove our own humanity 
is just it's exhausting, you know. But and one it's of those nice motherfuckers were, were Asian, bro. It blew my mind. I was like, oh no, why do you got why you got to do that, man? I think when why, you, why I, you did that. I think when you become a cop, you check your 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 race at the door, and you just become <laughs> a blue shield, and that becomes your brotherhood that you stick up for, regardless. Like, and I think it goes back exactly to what you you, you alluded to the history of it. Like, you know, it started with slavery. Slavery was uh quote unquote abolished but mm. then you had to deal with Jim Crow and you had the implementation especially in the south of the KKK coming yep. into play and it's almost as if the police at that time were used to you know police the the minorities and the black people for the white communities almost to protect the whites you know that That's and i've what it heard was. and growing up in the south i've heard that so many times to justify the k oh the kkk wasn't all that bad yeah it was yeah. like and mm. the police were just right there with it and it's kind of like you know, i don't know if y'all listen to jimmy Dore, but i was listening to him earlier today and it's like he said i i grew up i've got cops in my family he said look they're nice to me because they're in my family mm -hmm. but they're fucking assholes to everybody else yeah. You know, it's it's like he's never met a cop. And, you know, I've known a lot of cops. I've known some that are cool with me that knew my family or whatever. But my personal opinion was that they would have been assholes if I if I hadn't been introduced to them by my mom or dad or some shit. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't think that I think cops do tend to draw at this point the wrong kind of person to the job. It's either somebody who's been bullied up to that point who's looking to kind of take that out on people or they already were the bully and they just want to continue doing that and there's really not a lot of criteria to become mm. a cop like i mean let's 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 be honest like what kind of mental health evaluations are are, are they really putting cops through these days I, I don't i don't know but it doesn't seem like it's very much yeah i think i think you know upping the standards and, and uh you know, making sure that these guys get the psychological help that they need if they do have PTSD, stuff like that. Um, my experience with the cops has been, for me, all across the board. Like I told you, I've met a lot of shitty cops. But at the same token, I myself in my personal life have met a lot of great cops out there too. Um, you know, me being in the uh, a martial artist, I, I train with these, with these guys a lot. And, you know, like I get to really find out what's behind their eyes you know what i'm saying what what's what they're thinking what they're doing like a lot of the ones i've met who actually train like who who are trained yeah. in 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 martial arts they're they're the least racist people out there i get that but i'm i'm i mean after watching the last two weeks of watching people try to go out and peacefully protest and get the living shit beat out of them for mm -hmm. no reason. And it's all over TV. Nobody can deny it anymore because everybody's filmed that shit and put it on the internet. I have a hard time with the argument that, well, not all cops are bad. Some cops are good. Well, motherfucker, if they've been some good cops out there somewhere, then why haven't they spoken up? Why Thank don't you. they like say something mm -hmm. when they see people doing some wrong shit? I don't care if the other guy's got a badge on too. Yeah. If he's breaking the law, it's the law. Like that applies to everybody from me to you to the fucking president. Everybody has to obey the law. You can't go out and rob people, beat people. And, of course. And, and it's, 
it doesn't matter who you are or what your job is. And somebody's got to step up in this thing where cops just protect each other regardless of how foul the shit is they're doing. It's got to go by the wayside. If that doesn't change, none of this is going to matter. But I think we're at an interesting point where technology is there. So like you said, everything's kind of being recorded and put out there for everybody to see. It's so hard to deny it now. And I think it also came to a, a, a culmination of us having dealt with COVID and being locked up for three months and, you know, and then Breonna Taylor happened and then George Floyd happened and it was like, you know, fucking enough of this shit. And everybody has just like kind of erupted and joined together. And I think it is a beautiful thing. And I hope it, it continues because I don't want it to lose the momentum. I just don't want people to like get out of control with the conversation, especially when it comes to defunding the police. Like, let's be very specific about what that means. Yeah. Because I think we need some sort of law enforcement because there are wild ass people in society. Yeah. But I think if we like, let's take some of the money away from them, keep them, we can keep them, you know, keep the police department, but we've got to take money away from them. We got to train them better. We need to take some of their fucking military toys away from them. Like, let's get back to like neighborhood policing and getting to know the people in the neighborhood, like find peaceful ways to resolve things like a fucking gun, uh, handcuffs and a ticket book is not the way to solve problems in the community. Yeah. Well, it, it, also, if you've seen that video of the sheriff in Flint, Michigan, right? He's out and he protested with the people of Flint because his relationship with the people, they're all going through the water crisis up there together as a community. So it's like for me and my friends, like like I, I talk to you guys, you know, on a personal level, it's like, you know, you're like, yeah, man, like it's, it's hard seeing all this negativity on TV and like your loved ones are being affected by it. Yes, that is real. We got to we got to acknowledge that, but we also have to acknowledge that there is still hope and there still is good out there. And I think you should take comfort in that, but not stop there. You know what I mean? Like you should always strive for progress, but let that let that sheriff in Flint be the catalyst for that. Let all these like good points be catalyst for the future and not to be dismissive of the fuckery out there you know what i'm saying well dem democracy and our rights are not like a state that you get to and they're just etched yeah like there's mm. something that we have to continually fight for and struggle for because there are always going to be greedy motherfuckers corporations other things that are trying to always hold the normal person down and like we have to continue to fight and struggle and we're going to have to do that for our entire existence if we want to maintain freedom and rights and democracy. Otherwise, it does erode away into authoritarianism and fascism and all this other shit. Like it, it takes active people in the community standing up for their community yeah. in order to make a better future. See, like I, I talked to Philip the other day and we were, we were talking about like this is a great thing that is bringing people together. But I also see a lot of, um, posers, posers. <laughs> I see a lot of fake, fake fuckers out there who are doing this out of convenience. They were doing it to try to get empathy bunch from somebody. A bunch of people been busted for fucking posing for screwing up wood on doors. And well, like, and yeah, shit, I mean, the, but there's like, this is the thing is like that, there is a, a time and place is like 
Right now, it's convenient for everyone to post a black square, uh, to hashtag whatever you want. But when there is a situation that arises that it's really going to force your hand and stand up for what's right, are you going to do it? Um, I know me and Philip talked about this before. We have a personal friend, a good a good guy. He's like he's like part of our family, too. And, uh, you know, he 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 wrote out a really eloquent thing on Facebook defending Black Lives Matter. And and the, he had a lot of key points and it was eloquent. It was great. It was heartfelt. I don't doubt that's where he is now in his life. Right. But, you know, I recall the situation back in the day, back in the day when we were younger and uh, me and Philip were at his house and they had one of his buddies over there and he said some racist fucking shit like some ignorant like a, shit like, like a racist joke that everybody's like oh, no it well, wasn't even you know. a joke he, he was uh very smug about it and was like yeah he was like trying to uh he was trying to like cite history and facts and just stuff that was all over the place and you know uh it was a very confusing time because you know me and mike kind of looked at each other like is this really happening right now like yeah you know and and this guy was talking like he knew what he was talking about and you know the fact that he was so um uh assertive and what he was saying was really starting to get to me and mike like wow like you really saying some foul shit right now you know what i mean and um it, it was kind of a surreal moment and you know I didn't know the guy, but I knew the guy that, you know, I knew him through and I thought he was going to say something and he didn't. And that was kind of a moment for me and probably for Mike, too, where we're like, like, wow, like maybe some things have changed, you know, or maybe, you know, Doc, you know, you did stand for something, but you know, maybe your new relationships are a little more exclusive than your old ones. I don't know. It was a very strange moment in time. You know what I mean? I was just like, what the heck? I yeah. Think, I think that's, that's, that's the thing I've heard like so many people saying in interviews lately is, you know, speaking on behalf of black lives matter is that the days of being able to have, um, you know, your homies like say some shit and then you just stand there and, and let it go is is not at happening anymore it can't happen anymore yeah i don't think um I, I, I don't think that's that's the way to do things you know you have to stand up for your, yourself and stand up for the people you love you know if the people you love just happen to be black you know like you got to stand up and 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 say what you're thinking say what's on your mind you know what i mean um that's a big part of why i think like or why, you know, it just bothers me that, that, that people have a lot of this fake passion going around now. Um, that's that's really bothersome to me because it's it's not one of, of being genuine. It's not one of a real heartfelt move. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the worst part of it. Well, there's a lot of virtue signalers. A lot of virtue no. signalers out there. Um, what I mean, Philip, what are your thoughts behind, like, Yes, is it a positive thing that people are all getting together and, and you know, standing up for Black Lives Matter? But, you know, like, here's a fact, like, a lot, not a lot, but some people are some fake motherfuckers. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts about that? Um, 
I just, I'm not down with the virtue signaling. Uh, I, I think it's a little, uh, you know, it's obviously fake, but it's a little, you know, they hijacking, you know, the momentum that we have, you know, it's just like people that are destroying property that are there for a completely different reason than the protests yeah. that they're doing. Like there's opportunists that are always going to show up, but, uh, it, it's definitely it's pretty disgusting to see like that video you sent me of the girl taking the guy's drill just yeah. uh take a i mean that's pretty low i, I was very shocked she's like and, a well-known uh journalist on the con a conservative well-known conservative journalist too so, i mean you know <laughs> we're we're in a twilight zone right now so you know you can't really be surprised at anything you see i think the moment that we're in is a little exclusive just because it's really hard to get everyone to uh, have a collective consciousness in one direction. And right now you see like the whole world protesting for the same thing. Of course, it might be due, you know, in conjunction with COVID and being cooked up in the crib. But I mean, it's been going on for so long and I don't know if it was maybe even the video of George Floyd. It was very, uh, it was, it was torturous. And, and and maybe it, it pulled enough nerves at enough people there. It was like, look, this is too much. And it's nice to see everybody come in, but it's also very ugly to see the opportunists come in and try to, you know, capitalize off the wave that everybody's yeah, those on fucking right hyenas. Now, you know? Yeah, it's those those guys are the lowest of the low because, you know, it, it it waters down like what the fuck the mission is. You know what I'm saying? It waters down all that stuff it gives excuses for these ignorant people that are like see i told you they would just wreck everything like it, it, it it's it's an excuse for continued ignorance because these dumb fuck hyenas wanted to rob the shoe store while the protests were going on you know what i'm saying so that shit makes me like super fucking angry but i also take comfort in like there were Black Lives Matter protests in all 50 states and mm. multiple countries. Fuck that, bro. Mm -hmm. This this is actually worldwide. Like the, yeah. the, the 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 protests in London and in Paris, like they've been as big or bigger than than some of them here in the U.S. Like they're massive. Right. Yeah. Everybody has woken up to this shit. So if you, yeah, look at that. That's that's a positive thing. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. It's take comfort in that shit. All 50 states and multiple countries are down for the movement. You know what I mean? I am curious, though, like, you know, I, at least I've seen some 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 people at these protests. Like, you know, you were kind of talking about people looting and rioting and, and this sort of thing. Like, it seems like there are some people at these protests that are out there to try and instigate some shit. Yeah, you like, know what yeah. I mean, and I don't know who they're with or whatever. I've heard all kinds of conspiracy theories, and <laughs> we don't have to get into all that, but because there's no evidence of who they are. But there's definitely some other elements at play that are trying to make the peaceful protesters look bad and trying to create a bad situation here. Yeah, like that they're, they're either anarchists or they're, you know, I've read all the, the same conspiracy theories. Paid sure. by, <laughs> paid by the man yeah. to try to fuck mm. shit up. George Soros. Yeah, George Soros <laughs> to try to fuck shit up, and it's like this is um, me and Matt were were actually at the protest down here in L.A. Uh, majority of what we've seen for ourselves, peaceful protests, 
between you know uh, civilians and 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 uh, the police the police were there too so it's like for the most part everything was peaceful from what we saw everything was peaceful nothing was really getting out of hand um that's what we saw with our own eyes with our own eyes with our own eyes saying that though we sit here and every day we we the helicopters are flying yeah and you know we we we're hearing something going yeah. off in in the distance and i don't know if it's like you know tear gas they're shooting off i don't know if it's flashbangs yeah. i don't know if it's like real gunshots like i don't know what it is but yeah there's still some shit you know going <laughs> going on yeah, yeah. from time to time down here so i know that was our experience here on the west coast and you know i know you being in pittsburgh right now like what's what's that been like in a city like pittsburgh out there in the mountains well pittsburgh is actually the city itself is a it's a blue city if you want to talk politics it's a very progressive city um everything surrounding it is red or more conservative um the protests have been pretty big out here you know they burned a cop car and all that good stuff or bad stuff however you want to look at it uh it's just property uh nobody got hurt but uh you know at the end of the day, you know, every they're coming together just like anybody else. But, you know, Pittsburgh is a city that has a history of, um, you know, very aggressive and excessive uh, force against uh, communities of color, specifically black folks. I went to the protest out here for Antoine Rose Jr., who was uh, shot in the back uh, and murdered by police. Um, I don't know what's the development with the case. I I don't know if it's an arbitration. I don't know if he was tried and got off. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened. But, you know, the they have a long history here, just like Minneapolis, of doing these kind of acts. So the city, you know, it was good to go out there with the protests. And, you know, we had a lot of people. We marched down in the south side which is like the more downtown area where everybody goes, all the college people. And man, you have some really mad people out here. Like, um, unfortunately, majority white folks, like, you know, what are y'all doing blocking traffic and this and that? I understand you mad, but hey, the, uh, there are people in this community that you live with, that you walk by every day, getting murdered by police, uh, getting ev false evidence planted on them. All this stuff is going on and you know, you guys aren't either concerned about it or we're, we're inconveniencing you and you borderline trying to hit us with your car, trying to go get your sandwich down the street. You know what I mean? Like, but, uh, Pittsburgh has been very involved with, uh, getting out and making a voice for black lives matter. You know, all the, all the hospital networks did it a little late. Um, to be honest, you, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to name no names, but, you know, you saw a lot of companies trying to get on board with the whole, oh, we got to get in line and then step with all these other organizations to save the, the bottom line and all that. And, you know, I think a lot of that is going on too. virtue signaling, essentially, like we're talking about. Instead, it's organizations doing it now. And, you know, we don't really know who to believe, you know, uh, it's just it's a really weird time. It's like everybody's coming together, but I just we got to. We got to wait a couple of months and then see who's really still trying to do the work and, and 
try to implement policies and laws? Are you really trying to diversify your executive board? You trying to let black people be in executive positions, you know, or are you just, you know, even the NFL, they saying that the little uh, Rooney rule, they're going to now up it to two black candidates first for interviewing people. That's such a joke. Are you kidding me? You know, how about they just hire the best person for the job and chances are it's going to even out. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, if on it, uh, it's just sort of, I don't know how I feel in my experience. Like if you give everybody an equal playing field, it's going to all e- even out because there are great people of every race and every gender for that matter. Uh, that, not, not in the NFL, man. There are no Filipinos. Well, in NFL, maybe, maybe bro. not in the NFL. I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm talking, I guess I'm talking a little broader, you know, yeah. base, but. <laughs> But I think the Rooney rule is definitely like the fact that they had to make a Rooney rule just to get black uh, potential coaches into the fold lets you know there's a problem. You know what I mean? And we haven't even got to the owners yet, you know, and we're just trying to coach. And there's so many barriers to entry. It's just it's unreal, you know, and seeing organizations tap dance now is very you know, it's just it's just weird seeing it all play out, you know, and and, you know, when it comes to Black Lives Matter and everything like we don't. You know, black people, we're not against police, you know, we're against, you know, bad police We're against pro- crooked police, just like anybody else, you know, and a reality of what's happening is I'm not just, you know, it's it's the systems in, in place. There's no um accountability for bad police officers police unions have too much power you know you can elect any mayor that aligns with your view political views but the police union they have so much power it don't matter who the mayor is they still got to answer to the police union and and the other thing about that is we got to give cops credit that they're they have they have to do too much in the community you know they got to handle the mental health they got to handle the homeless they got to handle the drug dealers or the drug issues they got to handle violent offenders you know what i mean like that is too much for one officer to do so they need to have not i'm not saying get defunded maybe they need to fund a separate organization that only deals with those you know soft issues so to speak that don't need arms you know what i mean like we got to take some of the weight off of their responsibility and i'm glad i'm glad you said that because it show it shows um that you're trying to also look at it from all views too you know what i'm saying like absolutely you're trying to look at something with a different lens i think that's an issue that people have only tried to look at these current events with their own lens their own point of view and try to narrate it through their mind you know what i'm saying like i think you know i had a conversation with someone they're like well why why can't uh why can't they just uh you know not be violent not do this not do that i'm like it's it's a very ignorant thing to say but i try to look at it from his point of view and i told him i was like everything you've told me has been through experience in your life education in your life different role models you met in your life some people don't have that shit. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like if you do not look at s- the same situation with a different point of view, there's never going to be progression because there's never going to be understanding. So it's like in order for there to be true progression, it can't just be so polarized of like, man, fuck black, black lives matter or fuck the police. It has to be, yo, let's fucking work together and get the shit 
really progressive. You know what I mean? I think that's the biggest. And, and I think, honestly, I think like defund the police is like the wrong phrase because I think really alluding, I've heard a lot of conversation that what they really mean by defund the police is that they want to reallocate some of the militarization the of yeah. the police into these soft services, more mental health, more dealing with the homelessness, which is also a lot of counseling goes into dealing with those individuals. And I think, you know, that that is is the right path. So if it, it means defunding them, quote unquote, whatever it means, that reallocation of funds yeah. needs to happen. And maybe it means that every trained officer that carries a pistol Instead of their partner being another trained guy with a pistol, maybe it's somebody that's a mental health worker that rides with them as their partner. So you've got somebody out there in the field that can either handle the physical interaction, but maybe can also somebody that can handle that mental health aspect. Maybe there's a way to combine those departments. But I also think it comes back, you know, to the very beginning of, of the conversation. It comes to accountability because... I could be wrong, but I still think that they don't keep records for like police shootings and shit in this nation. There's no, like, there uh, are yeah, no statistics. There's no, there's no national transparency. Correct. Like, like a, right, a bad yeah. cop and a bad or a bad cop that does something wrong and shoots somebody. Cops, if it happened in New York, cops and communities in California should know. Don't about know it. about it. If they want to see it, they right. should know yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because cops can interchange between departments so easily like mike brown that officer that shot him in ferguson missouri got hired in another county i believe you know right next door you know what i mean yeah. and then i even saw that police chief on uh tv speaking how he's had to fire officers bad officers multiple times like I, I i fired him and i didn't think i would see him again and then somehow some other department he showed up again and i had to fire him again like that's a problem you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a real problem. Well, it makes it impossible to know any kind of statistics, too. Like, if you're going to talk about, you know, how many cop shootings there really are, who the hell really, truly knows? And like you said, the unions are the ones pulling a lot of strings. I think you see this. I think New York's the greatest example of this, actually. No matter who the mayor is in New York, they always end up accommodating and siding with the police for the most part. Oh, they got to bow down. Because they have yeah, so they much power. Down, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, like you, you got to have some sort of order. But I think we're at a moment where we need to start really taking seriously this um, reimagining these creative solutions where we can really, you know, take a step in another direction with how we police the country. You know, what I mean, like it, it's been long enough, like even the anti-lynching bill they still haven't even passed that it's been <laughs> since i don't know how Sitting long there. and they still don't want to pass it are you kidding me like it's just you know pardon my friends just you know it's just shit like that that you know lets me know and lets a lot of black people know we got a lot more to do than just the police there are systems they just don't want to let go and that's the rot that's in our country that it's that it's that core racism and that that system that design like slave patrol it stemmed from that like that's how it was designed we got to break these systems down and recreate them you know what i mean like create new systems somehow but you know if you got crooked people who get into a crooked system like police you know that abuse the system i'm not saying 
police are crooked in general, but what I'm saying is when you have bad people that can get into a system that protects bad people, you really going to have a hard time weeding them out, which is why we got to hold good cops accountable too. Hey, you guys have to step up now. Like it's not a game. Like too many people have died. I don't see why it's taken so long that you guys have to, to you know, fall on the sword for these bad cops and not say nothing like dude they're taking people's lives man like i don't know how they sleep at night you know it's crazy i think people shouldn't be so concerned about like totally removing the police force and then re-implementing it in a different form as well i think camden new jersey i think actually did this uh like several years ago and their crime and their arrests and everything in the city have like, and they totally changed. They they fired everybody. I think they hired back a hundred of the original employees uh, or office slash officers, but their crime like dropped by like 40 or 50%. And, and like, it's been such a dramatic change and the way they've handled obviously these protests and things have been very different as well they haven't had the unrest because they're engaged with their community using a, a much different approach you exactly know? i think um the way you combat all this stuff is an edu an education how do you combat right. ignorance is education education not only in like people need to know the history of why this continues to happen but also a, like a continued education for police officers in knowing how to handle these situations. Teach them and, martial arts or jujitsu, well, take away sure. the pistol or something. I, I mean, the, like you or, look at this, the reason, Oh, go ahead, Mike, go ahead. Okay. The reason I feel like a lot of the cops that I've met, right. Are that, that have been, I've met them through martial arts, right. The reason I think that they, they're nice and they're, they're, good people is because they like martial arts much like we talked about in the beginning is 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 like hip-hop it breaks down barriers when you're on the mat wearing the same everyone's wearing the same uniform and you got to spar this dude you don't you don't think of this guy as like oh that guy works in the liquor store or that guy's a <laughs> lawyer or that guy is a doctor that guy it mm. breaks down all the bullshit of society and you see them for what people you don't see him as look at that perp over there. Look for that. You know what I mean? Like you, it breaks all. That's why I've always been attracted to hip hop and martial arts is because it breaks down barriers, and you see people for what they are. That could be great people, or it could be oh that dude's a fucking asshole. Because guess what, guys? There's assholes of all races out there, and you fuckers can kick rocks. Because fuck you, you know. But that's that's the thing is is an education in that if a cop is going to jujitsu practice and he meets different people from different walks of life there and he's like hey that's just that's just steve from down the road you know what i'm saying like they 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 will it'll change the way they think because their education they're constantly going to be learning about how to handle situations with different people and what and what like obsessive for or uh uh what force is you know what i mean like i know if i put my knee on your fucking neck for nine minutes you're going to get fucked up because i've had someone put their knee on me for 30 seconds and that fucked my neck up super bad you know what i'm saying mm. so it's it's learning these different things education education uh the youth the youth need to be need to be knowledgeable of why things are the way they are and how we could change that but 
if if public schools keep getting shut down and and all these programs for the youth keep getting shut down it's going to be a repeat cycle absolutely um, you know like there's there's it's going to be a repeat cycle like when i was in chicago i don't know like fucking what 12 public schools closed you know on the south side mm, you well, know like well you've got a a, a uh, an education, education person who wants to you know take everything private right I'm, now yeah anyway. but i mean that's what you look at is like education um is being privatized and and who has the cake behind that the the upper class who happen to be a lot of white people you know and and all the communities minority communities that can't afford to send their kid to the good public or the good private school they're not going they're not going to get a good education they're not they're not going to uh, that you know, this is one of the things that frustrates me to no end. Are encountering white people who are, uh, I hope this doesn't come off wrong, but encountering white people who are in these same situations where they have a lot to overcome, and yet they're still hold on to these old racist, like limiting ideologies. Mm. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's like. You're in the same struggle, you dumb ass. <laughs> because, but look, look, look what you, you said. Know? You're a dumb ass. Yeah, because they haven't sure. educated themselves. They haven't uh, enlightened themselves of the the facts out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And I think it's it's a it should be a continued education. Like, if you really give a fuck, you can just Google but whatever you, the fuck you want right now, and it'll educate you about redlining. Uh, in all these different cities and educate you of how how black people have been oppressed in America. But what's funny is, uh, were, were we taught this in elementary school or in high school? No. It's no. it's oh. interacting with people ultimately. Like you got to get out of your bubble. If all if you live in a community that's that's all that's not diverse at all, you got to get out of that bubble. You got to go places. You got to meet people. You got to do things where you're interacting with other cultures. And, you know, you, that's that's what breaks it down. Go travel, like really travel. Don't just go do the tourist shit with the person you came with. Like go meet some locals, meet some new people, like indulge in the culture and like just be a little open minded. Like when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do, so to speak, you know? Mm. No, I absolutely agree. And, you know, it, it, it's it, you can't there's We have so much access to information now. You know, you, you really can't uh you know say you don't know and a lot of people it's like we talk about hip-hop you know 50 cent made a really good uh analogy with it he said um you know um hip-hop is like it's it's like a safari it's like white communities can come in and they can they can be in in the in the jeep and they can see the danger and they can hear about it but it doesn't affect them you know what i mean and it comes at a cost because, you know, the black community and the things they speak of are real, but uh, there's a disconnect between white people and, you know, the realities of, you know, the content that hip hop is talking about because they're protected by society, they're protected by systems, they're protected by experiences, and but yet they still get to enjoy it without any skin in the game, without any risk. And I, I think it's it's very true. And I, you know, I would encourage people, yeah, to go out and really talk to some folks. Don't just listen to the music, but go talk to the people, you know. Uh, it's just, it, it's, it, 
the fact that there's such a disconnect with education when it comes to cultures is why we're in a bad place for a lot of reasons. And what's happening right now that I'm seeing is I see a lot of white people that want to be engaged in the protests, but a lot of them are coming to black people asking, how do I do this? Where do I go? Again, like I said in the beginning, we're very tired. Please Google it. You know, go <laughs> read a book. You know, it's been it's been there. You know what I mean? We tired. I don't want to tell you to go read the new Jim Crow or to learn about, you know, why is Trump going to speak at Tulsa, Oklahoma? You know, Trump, I, he moves and does things very methodically. He is a provocateur. He is going there because that's where the Tulsa massacre happened, where they you know, a white mob got, you know, deputized, they deputized, I don't know how many white people, and they went over there and started, you know, killing black people, they started dropping bombs, just destroyed the town in, I believe, 12 hours, killed like 300 people, worst black massacre at one moment in Amer on American soil. Who learned about that in school? I didn't learn about that in school, and I I'm didn't. black, you know what I mean? Well. And we that was in the same history class, Philip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, with Miss Ward. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, she. Hey, Miss Ward, if you're watching, I didn't hear about no uh, Tulsa massacre. <laughs> yeah. What, what yeah. happened? Come on, Miss Ward. You know? Come on. Where was that in the curriculum? You Northern know? Virginia. <laughs> so, somebody, somebody at her, so she can hear this. You know? <laughs> so, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, like. <laughs> You know, in this moment, I, I, it's going to be very important for people to really get engaged. But like we're talking about education, like everybody wants to find out what's happening in the present and think they can skip the past. You can't do that. You can't understand the present unless you understand the past. Yeah. And so just like you guys said, it's so true. You got to get educated and all these new allies that are coming in. You know, I, I love the enthusiasm. Like I, I made a post about it. I see a lot of enthusiasm. I see a lot of energy, but I need them to keep that energy in six months, five years, 10 years from now. You know, you better keep that energy trying to really make a uh, intentional change to help, you know, diversify this country, especially for black folks who've been held back for so long. Are you going to go when it's time to recommend somebody to an executive board to recommend a black person? You know, uh, you know, we want more leadership positions. Even like Nipsey said, we don't want equality. We want equity. You know, that that's what we're really looking for now. You know, I'd be really excited to unfortunately see, you know, we lost Nipsey, but I would love to see him at this time. He'd probably be a great leader right now. I, you know, I, it kind of hurts me to think about now and leaders that we need in the community, especially hip hop. And Nipsey was definitely one of those. And, you know, everybody just really needs to get educated moving forward, especially coming in with this movement, because if you're not doing the education and you're asking black folks for the way or how to do something, you know, you're almost like a virtue signal. I don't know. I don't know your intention. You know what I mean? If you didn't already do the homework, then what are you really doing? I, you know, I need you to put your best foot forward and put some skin in the game by picking up a book or doing a simple Google search. And you know what I mean? Like, Y'all, do y'all understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, that's you're asking the bare minimum of them. I'm I'm I expect even more than this because ultimately this requires because 
like right now part of my job is is like dealing with communities and like trying and and like identifying programs and partners where we can go in the communities and and really do some good Mm. and what you really realize is that every community no matter where it's at tends to have the same kind of problems they're just on different scales and it's going to take a systematic change where people understand that it takes reinvestment inside these communities where we're improving access to education, access to good food, access to opportunity to do something with that education. Like you have to reinvest in communities equally and it's not been that way in a really long time and as much as someone like me can try and do through 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 one company like, you know, it takes it's going to take the government realizing this and getting involved and, and the people are going to be the ones that are going to have to either, again, take to the streets and protest to get their voice heard well, it, or they're going to have to go vote yeah. and get the people in the office that are going to initiate this kind of change. Plain and simple, it's going to take the people. Yeah, like absolutely. You look how how much has been accomplished over the last two weeks. Like. So much has been accomplished because people have been outraged to a point that they need a fold. You know, there's been a lot of little changes and big changes that happened because people need a fold. Like now it's like, you know, COVID what? (laughs) Huh? Yeah. It's COVID. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, to be honest, but to be honest, it's going to take white people. Seriously. Like they are going to have to come out in the droves because not even just black people, minorities. We've been linking up and had some of the same struggles, been screaming to the high heavens, nothing gets done. You get a couple of white people in there, all of a sudden we got, you know, we got some clout, you know, we got a little status and people start, you know, listening and and coming to the table. So, you know, white people, they're going to have to do this work, seriously. Like if we want some real change, you know, black people, we're going to vote. You know, I mean, unfortunately, you know, we're the most incarcerated demographic yet, you know, once you become a felon, even when you get out, you can't vote like that's messed up, man. You know, and that hurts the black vote that hurts the black vote. And and it's a system, you know, what I'm saying that's how it was designed. So, you know, you know, white people really going to have to come up and and and. Cause we minorities and black folk, we we've always we're always gonna be fighting till we really feel equal and we really feel like we have the same type of freedom and access to you know liberty, uh, just like everybody else. Cause you know when you asked, I, I was getting into it with someone online talking about the American dream and she somebody she somebody was saying, you know. <laughs> It's the American dream. We should all be civilized. And I'm just like, well, what Fuck is that the bitch. American dream? Because Fuck that dumb bitch. You, the American you know, dream was a lie. <laughs> the American dream, what is that? You know, and that's very different to different people. You know what I mean? And some people think American dream, they live in it. It's the greatest thing. And then some people feel like it's hell on earth. I, I, I don't, I, that's my current state. And I don't know what the American yeah. dream is. I think that's a problem, you know? So, uh, it's going to be really important that we have people whose voices really like have an impact. You know, I can say my voice matters. I can say black voices matter, but it's going to take more than just us. Cause we all know when white people get involved, that's when things really start happening. Unfortunately, yeah. that's just the way it goes. You know, I, and I'm just keeping it 100, you know? 
and and right now I think it's 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 uh it's interesting because one thing that I've felt like is it's so polarized right now that people everybody has been has been robbed of their empathy for each other they've been robbed of their empathy for each other and that's that's a fucking shame you know what i mean it's like i see all this shit you know like people will post yeah but all lives matter uh, to to me that Here shows we me go. Yeah, that shows me that you have no empathy or you have no knowledge of what the fuck is going on. History. And to me, it's like this is like you can you can say all lives matter. And maybe I get maybe I get it of like, yeah, man, like in a a ukulele rainbow world where all lives did matter. (laughs) I could see when you said that. But in the fucking world we live in, you got to come off your high horse. You got to be empathetic to what the fuck is going on to your brother. And are you willing to stand up for that? It's the lack of empathy and uh, the the inflation of ego where we're at uh, in today's society. The ego, the online ego that you want to put on because people really give a fuck what you say in a in a Facebook uh, wall. Guess right. what? I don't give a fuck because I don't check for that shit. But it's like, I don't I don't care what your views are when you, you when you lack empathy. Like you know, previous in our conversation, Philip was like, "Yo, I don't I don't hate all cops. I don't hate it because he has empathy. He tries to see it from a different point of view." My problem with majority, not all these, all these all lives matter people is they lack empathy, and it it siphons off the importance of uh black lives matter like like just like i said before phil's my fucking brother he happens to be fucking black if <laughs> if he's in trouble guess what i'm coming with all yeah. the guns i'm coming whatever i gotta do it's gonna get done why because that's my brother at the same token i got friends that are cops if they were ever in trouble i'm gonna fucking help them out too because i see them as people that's philip over there that's my buddy over there what can we do uh, to have progress? Real progress isn't going to happen without any empathy. And that's what is a fucking shame right now is the American people do not even realize they have been robbed of their empathy because they've been watching a ton of negative, polarizing shit that will... And it's going to rob your loved ones of their happiness. It's going to rob you of your time. It's going to rob you of of everything what you got to do is know what's fucked up how can we improve it try to see it from a different point of view and then you'll have a better understanding of the situation as a whole but without empathy that's not going to happen does that make sense yeah yeah i think you know it's it kind of i think they fail to sort of understand that no one black lives matter doesn't mean that everybody else doesn't matter yeah. talk talk to them <laughs> man just, talk to them just i mean i think you know i mean this is my perspective but I, you know it just it means to, that black lives in particular have not mattered to yeah. a lot of people in power for a while for yeah. a long 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 while yeah and and we're just simply trying to bring attention to it by using this phrase. It's not discrediting any other lives, and I think that's what they fail to understand. Yeah, 
You know, I, I, they, I agree. And, to. you know, if you're threatened by saying, you know, black lives matter, then, you know, I think it's a reflection of yourself. Like you obviously feel like, you know, you feel threatened. You feel like, you know, you're not being paid attention to. You feel like someone's taking something from you. Nobody's That's their ego. Try- yeah. And, and that goes back to the ego. And it also goes back to the lack of empathy. I strongly feel like whenever I hear that phrase come from somebody considering everything that's going on, considering all the history, considering all the horrific video we've seen, you still got the nerve to sit up here and say all lives matter, not black lives matter. Like it's, it's crazy, man. Like the term makes no sense to me, you know? Um, and, and it's, it's just, I, I hate the term, man. And I hate even saying the word hate, but it's just, it's, it's terrible, man. It's a deflection. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, when, when you're only looking something through your ego, you're not going to improve, you know, right. nothing, nothing. You're not going to learn anything because you know, everything already, you know right. what I'm saying? And that's a, a problem where, where people are like, you know, I have, I have black friends. I got black friends, so you know, all lives matter. Like, uh, yeah, if that if if they were really your friends and you saw what was happening in black communities, you'd probably stand up for it. Um, there you, you know? go. There you and go. And it's 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 this is. Well, maybe maybe. Well, I don't want to s- speak, you know, for anyone, but perhaps in a scenario such as this, he had this person maybe has black friends. Yeah. But maybe those black friends for whatever reason don't 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 see our viewpoint they don't they don't see anything wrong with this phrase so therefore they don't say anything to this person right so so what do you what do you think about that philip being uh, you know you what, being what does that mean yeah what does that mean to you if if this guy's like i got black friends and his friends ain't saying nothing to him uh so you're saying the black friend didn't say anything about him saying all lives matter yeah yeah. Well, you know, it, I mean, I think that's just a really exclusive case. Like, that's why we were talking how you got to you got to branch out. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you only know what you know. But if you see people rallying for something, something else is going on. Maybe I got to talk to somebody else. Maybe I got to. I mean, this world is so connected now. Like, I, I, I can't accept that. That's where I'm at with it. I can't accept that answer. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's about empathy. Like, there's no empathy for, you know, humanity. You know what I mean? Like, black people, we're not trying to say we're better than anybody. We're just saying our humanity is being robbed in a country that we're supposed to be the land of the free, you know? And we've been saying this for a long time. And we're not the type. I don't like to be like, oh, you know. You know, y'all always talk about slavery. Like, I always hear people say that. Like, black people always talk about slavery. We Ain't nobody alive now lived in slavery. But them systems back in slavery still exist today. So, just like hip-hop has evolved, these, these systems of slavery have evolved. Okay, we don't have people getting whipped in chains, but now we have the school-to-prison pipeline, and they're filling up the prisons, and they're being, you know, overly profiled in minority communities. You got cops living in the suburbs, but patrolling the inner cities and minority communities. It's, it's all systematic, you know, so 
it's a thing where you, there's no empathy when it comes to a movement happening and people are just regurgitating this all lives matter thing like they're feeling threatened like they don't feel important and that also shows that you think you're better than somebody that you're just saying oh you know i don't believe in black lives matter all lives matter because that's how it's supposed to be but how it's supposed to be isn't what it is that's what i keep trying to tell people you know you want how it's supposed to be just like mike said but that's not the reality you know that's what we all the rest of us are talking about that's not the reality that's why we hear with black lives matter and i i would i want to get to a point where I, I we don't have to run around and everybody's got to say that but it's a shame we got to say that and scream to the high heavens and the whole world's on fire just to get this point across you know like yeah. the empathy's got to step up man because it's really scary even having a daughter now like you know people trying to legitimize why that man got murdered with a knee on his neck like you know, you go online and you just see people in the comments, you go online and see people t having, you know, you know, sound bites of people legitimizing why it happened. Oh, he, you know, he was, he was in and out of jail. He was a drug abuser, blah, blah, blah. He's still a human being though. You know, like, yeah, you know, all, thugs lives matter. Incarcerated people's lives matter. You know, homeless people's lives matter. You know, uh, I don't understand why, because the man had, a criminal record that means he deserved to die like see now you you are infringing on my humanity when you start talking like that and it's one thing when you're a human being but when he looked like me that could have been my father that could have been my brother it could have been me like it just you know it's been a very traumatizing 30 days even 60 days i mean brianna taylor shot eight times in her sleep you know ahmaud arbery got hunted literally hunted down by a yep. citizen's arrest and didn't even the, the the people that didn't even get arrested for a month or two months after it happened you know what till i mean until it, it was leaked yeah it, it was leaked you see like it's just so when people try to legitimize this all lives matter and stuff i feel like you're 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 infringing on my humanity and just like me and mike talked about having discussions and dialogue it's important for us to move forward but at the same time black people and me specifically you know I need to know your intentions when you want to have a discussion with me. Because if you're coming at me without any empathy, then there's nothing to talk about. Mike, Mike, you remember how he was talking about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if 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 we're not going to have a discussion and when I'm talking is like, you're, you're just thinking about your rebuttal to me and we're not going to have an honest discussion of how to grow or like, do this then i'm fucking out of there there's no use in me talking to you because all you're going to do is try to reinforce the bullshit you brought to the table you know what exactly. i'm saying so it's the honesty the intention behind the conversation is not authentic so when it stops being authentic i gotta get the fuck out of there you know what i mean like all i right. gotta bounce and just, hold on, hold on. Just like Mike, when he in a relationship and nobody's growing anymore, he out of there. I, that was I'm in the last episode. I seen that jump. I seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, this is this is one thing is is that that with all lives matter, we as a people, a human race, us as a whole, we all need to earn the right to say that. Yes. Once we earn the right to say all lives matter then i will fucking say it but until then <laughs> fuck you you know what i'm saying that's how i'm coming <laughs> off of it 
Like, cause it it don't make sense. It's like it's it's science fiction at this point. You know what I mean? Right. Like, let's let's if 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 my brothers need help, I'm gonna be there. Just like I'm sure if I needed help, they're gonna be there. And cause it's like this: me being uh, an Asian American, a Filipino American. I guess what I experienced racism from fucking everywhere, bro. Like, you know, racism from white people, racism from black people. But it's like, I never took that. And this is just my personal experience. I never took that as all, all you motherfuckers are bad. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this is a dumb dude. This is just an idiot. You know what I mean? Like me being a, a guest in hip hop, you know, hip hop is black culture. Me being a guest in there. There's room, you know, I had to earn my right to be in some of those rooms, earn my right to be respected in those rooms from black culture. Mm. You know what I mean? But I've heard like a bunch of shit in the, you know, racist shit in, in, in these rooms. But guess what? It's like I I knew where it was coming from. And it's like this is you can say the most racist shit to your buddies. But the fact that you know them as people. You let it slide because you see them beyond the color already, right? But mm. that's why these conversations are important because if you don't have conversations with the people, you won't see them as people. You'll see th- you'll see them as their online avatars. You'll see them as their profile picture and words and reposts and shares. You'll see that shit, but you will not see a human being. So that's why, especially in this digital age, I think it is super important that people take the time to talk to each other. Like me and Philip said, really talk to each other, an open discussion about learning. And if even if you have any fucking questions, as long as it's like valid and not ignorant. Right. You know, like, yeah, let's talk about it. And that's how we're going to progress. But if it's just a bunch of uh, points of uh, uh, you you backing up your points and me backing up my points then it's a debate it ceases to be uh, a, a authentic conversation so that's where i feel like this gets lost i mean look at this podcast right now we're all different races in here talking about shit do you is is anyone feeling oppressed in here is anyone feeling better <laughs> than anyone no because guess what now you like you know philip you know me, I know you, you know what I mean? Like, you, we see each other for Philip Tondro, Matt McKinney, I know two Mike people in, in Pittsburgh now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny is, here's a link, right? Matt went to, Matt went to school with me in Orlando. Philip, me and Philip and our buddy Stefano took a trip to see our, all our mutual friend, Sir Lloyd C. Kirkland. Oh, wow. Lloyd, what up? We miss you, buddy. Lloyd, what is Lloyd, good, but man. this is what, uh, you know, Lloyd Lloyd had a, a recording studio in his basement, and uh, me and Philip dropped some shit uh, with Stefano and Jason down there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, that's that's all Fucking our mutual friends. Lloyd, Lloyd is, like, the, the original hustler, man. Lloyd like, is he's, the original God hustler. God damn, dude. that dude is always on the, on the move with something. And that's, yeah, man, that's, it was good people's, very good people's. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, man, like, I miss that guy. Like, that, it to me, it is, the real world needs to be hip-hop. The real world yeah. needs to be martial arts. The real world needs to be broken down. And um, 
like I love I love this shit. You know what I mean? Like I love this shit because I don't get this anywhere mm. else. I can't have it's hard to have a conversation with people nowadays. So it's like I I want people to watch this podcast and feel comfortable talking amongst their friends because maybe they don't have the relationship that we we all got that we could be so frank with each other on here and uh, express our opinions and even if we have opposing opinions about police or something that that you can't express that because you'll be like oh that dude's dumb or whatever you should be able to talk openly about any situation especially this one with your friends see what their stance is and and talk because conversations need to be had there's too much online chatter that is fucking everyone up you know what i'm saying mm. and i hope like like all our loved ones take note of that you know like you, i hope you just don't concentrate on all the negative shit out there remember there still is good shit i hope you guys know that you know yeah there's definitely a lot of a lot of shit on online and it, it takes real conversations, you know, I mean, posting something online. And I think we've all seen this before where there's something online that's a movement or whatever. But that's not really what brings around understanding or change or any of those sort of things. It is having a complex conversation and getting into it and, you know, educating somebody if they don't know the history. Like that's that's mm. part of this conversation. Like and that honestly that probably has to be the first part of the conversation otherwise yeah. you don't understand like you said earlier you don't really understand it you know w why today is the way it is and 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 you also sort of don't understand the full what it's going to take to fix it and it's, yeah. it's not going to be fixed in the next two or three years it's a conversation i have a lot with city leaders like if this is to, to, to make this change happen in your community, you've got to start thinking 20 to 30 years down the road with what with initiatives and things you're trying to do and plan for your community. It, you've got to think well beyond even your own term in office, because that's the only way to create what we're looking for. And that's generational change. Yeah. We could have change in two or three or four generations that we're looking for, but that's going to take some work and it's going to take some dedication to see it through. Yeah. Right. I mean, we we need more immortal technique and less Migos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's that's the truth, you know. And in, uh, on that note, like I, I did want to highlight since all our shit has been hip hop, you know, I wanted to highlight some of like the underground acts that that Philip was talking about that I don't feel like get, get love, get love. Yeah. Like like number one, Cunning Linguist, Southern mm. Underground. That album is still classic to this day, um, and it, it's it's timeless, right? Number two, nonfiction, nonfiction, <laughs> straight New York gutter shit. I fucking love it. Uh, we actually met like all those guys like like in person. Sabak was Sabakalips. Sabak, <laughs> Sabak Red. Yeah, wow. Sabak Red was super dope. Um, you know, like. These guys have had huge impacts. Of course, Atmosphere. Mm. Um, got to interview him one time. You got to interview Atmosphere yeah, one time. Did, did, a, did a phone interview with him. Um, who else? I, res I, I, really, I, re I really respect Slug, too. I saw him perform at the uh, 930 Club. And, I mean, you know, he's just a really humble guy. Like, he was uh, like, yeah. like, he's like, I, what, Mike, were you, were you with me at that show? 
I was with you at all the shows, bro. Yeah, man. Remember when he like stopped everything? He was like, like I, I, he's like, I'm so glad like everybody like respects my career to here right now and is here. But you know, like, like, uh, how the fuck am I supposed to be rapping like this? Everybody thinks I'm good when like MCs like Rock Him are still alive, yeah, walking around and stuff like that. And everybody started going crazy. But like, he's like, he he really respects, you know. The, the legends and and the 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 ground shakers and and just he doesn't mind you know taking a step back and putting people ahead of him you know who really paved the way for him like I, I really respect people like that I I really think I, I could hang out with him as a person I, no rapping no nothing and he would still be like a really authentic individual you know what I mean yeah I, I would agree with that I think he he's he could be the most humble rapper mc like mm. maybe out there like he's definitely i mean i've not met a ton but i've met you know 12 or 15 you know pretty well-known mcs or spoken to them whatever and he's definitely by far the most humble like you definitely albums. could go yeah. hang out and smoke an l with him and just and just chill and like you know he's just a regular dude and you hear that i think that comes through in his music very very strongly as well Oh, yeah, it's, it's like the 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 average man you know it's like that average man struggle sort of yeah mm. modern day yeah <laughs> modern day hustle bro yeah, and it's uh sure. you know like that's why i'm happy to see like what run the jewels is doing right now killer mike and lp like for me top like, of the game yeah right now. def jux growing up mm. like def jux with like cannibal man. ox hey, the man, first was, merz 316 to, album uh, I was listening to Mr. Liff in the gym today. Oh, man. Mr. Liff! That Crow Magnon and I Phantom hey. and you know <laughs> all that good stuff, man. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's still dope to me, man. Yeah, and I think that's what we need more of. We need more of guys like that to be highlighted. Like it's fucking great, man. Like that that to me is a music that uplifts. It 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 elevates the culture, and with of course with anything that that is good right it transcends anything if you have a good fu good food good food it don't matter where it's from if the food's good it's fucking good it could be from thailand it could be from mexico if that shit's good it's good music it could be from uh new york it could be from a white dude it could be from it it's still fucking good good music mm. transcends all but you got to look for it I think mm -hmm. I think you're right though. Food food does too, man. Everywhere you go, like food just brings people together at the table to break bread and and nourish themselves. Oh, and, yeah. and if you're doing it right, you're nourishing more than just your body, you know. Well, that's why in a lot of cultures, like you look at, food is looked at as, as a as something that's holy, right? Oh it's, yeah. Uh, they have reverence for food at the table because it's love. You're sharing sustenance with this person. You're like, here, eat this. I think that gets lost here, especially in, in, in the U.S., because a lot of cultures are a little more connected to their food, to the to where it comes from, and they have that reverence for it. You know, I, I think you, this comes across with a lot of hunters. Right. Like yeah. when you hear them yeah. speak about, about actually, you know, taking an animal they've killed and, and eating and consuming the whole thing, and they really have a reverence for it that the average person that I interact with at least doesn't have because they just go to the store they pick it up they come home they cram it down their throat and then they move on to the next thing and oh it's yeah just, you know when i visited my family in france you know 
they got ready for dinner in the evening and I had to go with one of my cousins to get the plates. Alvin had to go get the forks and lay everything out and everybody sits down and like, you know, I like, we don't do this at home. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It, it ain't everybody lays out the table. It's like, it's an actual event daily, you know, and it, nobody skips it. And in Europe, that's really how they do things. They take that very seriously. And I remember when I was in Italy and, you know, or no, I was in Portugal uh, and I went to this little cafe and I asked for, you know, an espresso. They gave me that little cup with a little bit of espresso <laughs> and I just slammed the jump, you know, because it was small. I was just like, <laughs> and just drank it. And, you know, the guy looked at me and he was just like, I was being disrespectful almost like just kind of did this gesture, like, you know, just slow down a little bit. And he already knew I was from America. And, you know, it's just like, y'all just savages, man. Y'all just come up and just eat everything all fast and yeah. you don't enjoy the food. You don't enjoy the coffee. You know, you don't, you don't enjoy things. You just want to run through things. And it when, when you travel, that's a whole nother experience in learning life is just learning how other people live and things that they appreciate, you know, and uh, it's definitely a, you know, a humble experience when you have every, you know, you essentially have everything in America and there's this perception that America is the greatest country, but you know, in other countries, they don't look at us like we're the best, you know, you, you know, they look at us like y'all got a lot of problems. Like, you know, y'all don't have everything, but of course here we're on that hoorah, whatever. But when you go to other cultures, you learn to appreciate other things like time, like slowing down, like having events and moments with your family or your loved ones, actually sipping on a drink instead of slamming it and actually talking about things like we're talking about now. And, you know, you can learn a lot from traveling. I mean, obviously, that's a privilege. I can't just say everybody can travel. But if you have the opportunity, anybody watching this podcast, take it. I, I would absolutely challenge you and encourage you to travel more you really come back a different person for sure that that was by far one of the things that that had a big impact on me you know when i when i left the states i was lucky enough to take a job otherwise i would have never afforded to travel probably either but i was with with the job i took you know i spent some time overseas and i started off in iceland which is a little more like american uh american connected they're a little more american influenced but then um, I spent like a, a year in Spain and mm. when we got there, it was a real adjustment. Like I was really kind of frustrated at first because I was used to moving it real quick, you know, let's get as much done in the day as possible. And, you know, they go to siesta businesses closed down in the middle of the day. It's a real thing. And I was, wow. I was even in Valencia and, you know, from like the entire month of August, I think it's the month of August every business in the city pretty much shuts down and everybody goes to their beach houses for a month and takes vacation with their family and friends. And that's just the way it is. But by the time I left, I, I so was so, I so much enjoyed it. And like to this day, it's something that I really miss and kind of alluding to what you were saying about, you know, how other countries view us as not necessarily the best, like having been there, like, and, and, and having adjusted to that, like, I'm still even here now in LA, like, I'm, I'm in that rush where every day I'm trying to get as much done as possible. But if I had my druthers, man, I'd really rather live that other lifestyle. Like, I'd go back to Spain or, you know, in a heartbeat and, and live that lifestyle. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for me, being a, a, a broke motherfucker is uh, if you can't afford to travel, go eat other cultures' foods. Learn right. through their food because that's the biggest breakdown of, of that's that's the gateway to their culture, right? Um, and gateway to culture and different respect for things, too, is like, you know, like if you ever have a homeboy come over to your house and, and they, eat, they eat your cereal, but they don't drink the milk. Here we go. Here we uh-huh. go. <laughs> Can't have that. You know don't what I'm saying? Don't ever do that. Don't ever yeah, do don't that. Do the that. Best part, man. Yeah, the if you come afterwards. to a, if you come to a minority's house and don't drink the last milk, you fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's my biggest thing is 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 if you can't afford to travel, experience it through through different foods. Like here in LA, you can go to fucking Koreatown, experience Korean culture if you can. You go to East LA, experience Mexican culture, like different stuff that people get. Um, if they can't travel, you know what I'm saying? Granted, it's a luxury. We live in a metropolis like this or like New York City. Uh, if you if you're from, you know, somewhere in like Iowa, sorry, but mm. go to go, you ain't going to get that experience at Pan Express. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but if you can, you know, travel different cities, travel different things, because the more you open up to different cultures, it's like I said, it's going to give you empathy for the your 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 another human being you know what i mean it's gonna give you empathy from there um but for us this has been a fucking pretty amazing podcast uh it's been great to have for me to have two of my best buddies finally meet each other granted it's like uh you know during the the digital the over the digital age skyping but you know, it's been we'll, fucking awesome to have you guys on. Yeah, we'll have to plan like a mega trip at some point and combine like some of my friends that you might not know or from, well, from the full sale, you do know most yeah. of them. Yeah. Like we'll have to combine like a mega trip and with like 20 or 30 people and, and like pull something off in the next couple of years, I think. We'll do something and, and you know, and, you know Philip, you know this, if you got the time, you're always welcome to come out Absolutely. To, to L.A. Oh. Gonna try and, to make uh, that trip, we'll, we'll man, try you know? for sure. We'll try to do one of these all in the studio, all live. Studio uh, five thirty seven. Studio five thirty seven <laughs> from downtown hey. LA with the I views. Mean, I, I really appreciate y'all, you know, allowing me to come on y'all's platform, the Evolve Idiots, and you know, I had a really great time with y'all. You know, Matt, you already feel like one of the homies, so you know, like likewise. All good. And it's been a great, great discussion, man. I'm really excited for you guys to show everything coming up. I'd love to come back again. Hopefully I can oh, do for it sure. live, like we said. And uh, it's been great, man. You know, y'all y'all just take care of yourselves and be safe. And uh, so, you know. So for you, Philip, where, where can people find you? What you got going on right now? Uh, so, you know, I am the co-founder of HipHopSuccess.tv. You can follow us at HipHopSuccess.tv on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I also started my own uh, youth career development platform, Value and All. So I got the shirt on. That's nice. I like that. You can follow me on Instagram at Value and All, just spelled just like that. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Value and All, number one, and Facebook, Value and All, number one and uh definitely just trying to do more community work and helping youth especially between the ages of 16 and 21 uh, navigate the job market 
and you know a lot especially coming from you know more um you know uh troubled past people who you know maybe didn't finish high school getting their ged going to trade school i just want to motivate them give them career paths to make them feel like they're not cornered and uh you know give them daily encouragement because if they don't get it from you know you i want to be the person that i needed when i was growing up that's who i'm that's essentially who i'm trying to be so yeah you can follow me on all those platforms and then uh Hopefully you'll see me again on this excellent podcast. Hell yeah. Love it, man. That's great <laughs> shit. We'll for sure have you back on anytime you want. You let us know. Like you are family here. You you know, anything you need help with, you know we got you. Uh just feel free anytime. Absolutely. Y'all watching, man. Like and share. Evolve idiots on all social media for real. <laughs> well, this has been the Evolved Idiots Podcast. With myself, Mike Mendoza. Matthew Nathaniel. And Philip Tondro, Master Fire in the building. Hey, yeah. we will we will check you guys next time. Um, peace and love to the people. Peace and love to the people. Don't lose your empathy. Love you guys. <laughs>